Welcome to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay, fitting it all together to make teaching and learning in the junior grades more accessible, practical, and fun for both teachers and their students. Here's your host, teacher by day, mom of three, and curriculum creator of all the things from madlylearning.com, Patty Firth. If I simplify the work, the work is too hard for my students. Well, probably because they've missed a significant portion of school and have huge gaps in their education over the last 10 years. If I simplify the work that I'm giving them, am I accommodating or am I modifying? Well, in my opinion, you're modifying, which is something we need to be careful that we are not modifying what it is that we are doing and expecting of our students simply because we know that the students we are teaching that have gone through the last two, two and a half years of this pandemic, and there are gaps in their learning, and we know that there are places that we need to build up. One of the things we need to be very careful of going forward as restrictions are lifting, we're starting to get back to what we are hoping, knock on wood, is going to be more normalcy in schooling. What we need to be really careful of as teachers is that we are not simplifying the work to accommodate the gaps that are present, but that we are accommodating, we are scaffolding, we are supporting, but we are not modifying. So in today's episode, I want to talk to you what exactly is modifying the work and how we can avoid accidentally modifying the work so much or simplifying the tasks that we're giving our students so much to what in actuality means, we're actually modifying our entire program to meet our students where they are instead of accommodating students so that they can meet where they need to be. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Patty and I'm a teacher, author, and founder of madlylearning.com. Every single week we have a new episode here at Teaching with Madly Learning where we talk all things teaching in the junior grades with our hope to make teaching and learning more engaging and fun for both you and your students. So thank you again for joining us. And if you want to know how you can learn more, you can click the like and subscribe button or leave some feedback wherever you happen to be watching or listening to this episode. We would love for you to join us and make sure you know when the next episode is dropping. So modifications. Modifications are the altering of what students are doing. It is the simplification of work, changing the expectations. So the expectations are what grade five students or grade four students or whatever grade you happen to be teaching, what is expected of students at that grade level. Modifications is simplifying and adjusting what it is students are doing so you actually expect less or more than what you are supposed to be expecting from them. So we all as teachers are required to teach the content of the grades that our students are assigned to. Unless a student is on an IEP, in which case those students are modified for. When we are modifying for those students, we require to be very clear with what exactly is modified and how we are modifying. And there's whole IEP paperwork that needs to be done and we need to follow it. But what we sometimes run into is that we accidentally modify the content of students that are not on IEPs because there may be gaps in their learning. 
This is so prevalent right now where we know full well that there are students with gaps in their learning. They are reading below grade level. They are missing chunks of information. In math, they're supposed to be able to multiply three-digit by two-digit numbers, yet they're barely able to multiply two-digit by one-digit numbers. They don't know what algorithms they're supposed to be using. There are huge and enormous gaps. What we need to remember is we are required to teach the content of the grade that we're in while also not ignoring where our students are. But our goal when we are accommodating or when we are differentiating is I like to think of the analogy of the ladder. So when you are teaching grade five, imagine you are standing on the grade five platform. You may have some students at the grade five platform with you standing on the same platform. However, you may still have students that are really reaching up and they're not quite up on the platform yet. And they may be struggling to get up on that platform. What we're not going to do is lower the platform. We are not going to lower the platform to meet those students where they happen to be. Instead, we are going to keep the platform where it is and we are going to extend ladders. We're going to extend ladders as long as we need to extend the ladders too. For those students that the ladder is so long and it is so daunting for them to get up to that platform, we can lower the platform. For some students, we can just take parts of the platform away and we can modify them at grade level by just eliminating some of the things that they need to do where they are on the platform, but just in certain sections versus standing on the whole platform. Because standing on the whole platform is too much, but we can stand on part of the platform. But far too often, the concept of we need to meet students where they are, we often look at that phrase of meeting students where they are as lowering the platform instead of extending them a ladder. And I want to caution you against lowering the platform because we're actually doing our students a disservice by lowering the platform and not setting a culture of high expectations. I am not saying that we don't need to give them the ladders because we absolutely do. And those ladders should be big and easy to climb, but they're ladders. We're scaffolding them up. We're providing them more support, more encouragement. We're cheering them on as they get up the ladder. We might climb down the ladder and meet them and then help them up. We like that. We might give them a tremendous amount of support to get up that ladder. But the goal is for them to climb the ladder to reach that platform where they need to be. Unless they're modified for, unless we have IEPs in place, we cannot lower that platform. And this is a danger, especially when we're talking about students who have huge gaps. We have more ladders required than we've ever had before. And we need to climb down those ladders and help students get there. We need to assemble the ladders sometimes. Sometimes they're just not there. And that's okay. But what we always have to do is keep our eye on where they need to be. And we need to recognize that this might mean that we might not have an average grade mark in our classroom of a B right now. That sometimes if students who are not modified they are not students who are modified. We're talking about students who are unmodified and not even people that we're potentially thinking need to go on an IEP, that there are learning needs. It's not who we're referring to here. We're talking with the students who do not require an IEP and do not require modifications, but we've identified that there are gaps in their learning as a result of this pandemic. So what are we supposed to do? Number one, 
I think it's really important that we set a culture of high expectations. We know what we are expecting our students to be able to do. We know what learning looks like at the grade five level. We know where we can identify specifically where the gaps are, and we are going to be efficient in how we close those gaps. So across the subject areas, if we are not going to lower our expectations, but we are going to help scaffold our students to meet those expectations, one of the things we need to, the phrases we need to be really careful about saying is, this work is too hard for my students. And instead of saying this work is too hard for my students, we need to really change our language and our mindset and say our students are not ready for this yet, but we're going to get there. And that is the difference. And we need to look at still giving them the work they need to do and then helping them move up. So let's look at, for example, in writing. If your students came into you in September and they were writing like simple sentences with like not even anywhere close to where you needed to be in grade level, significantly below grade level. You could just lower your expectations and expect less from them. However, that would be a modification because if you are teaching grade four and you are expecting a organized paragraph in grade four or two organized paragraphs on the same topic in grade four, then that's your goal. That's what you're working towards. And for those students that are writing multiple paragraphs that are organized, then that's a level B. Students who are not yet there, you can provide them support through guided writing, through constant feedback, by giving them to write more often. And if you are doing that and they're making that progress, then you're getting there. But until they get there, they're not earning a level B. So if I simplify what I'm expecting of them to do and I'm making it so simple where I'm doing a lot of the work or I'm scaffolding it to an extent that they are not actually doing anything independently, those are modifications that I can provide for those students who are not really supposed to be getting those modifications, then I am simplifying their work and I'm not really doing them any service or helping them close the gaps by me meeting them down there. Instead, recognizing that currently where they are is a D or a C, being open and transparent with their parents and explaining exactly why, saying you're not concerned with where they are, but this is where they are. They're getting Cs and Ds because this is where they are, because over the past two years, you've had gaps, all of that spiel, but you're working, here's what you're going to do, this is the things you're planning, they were going to get there, but you need to let them know, hey, they're still like Cs and Ds. And we're going to move and we're going to do all of this work and we're going to move them up. Some of the ways you can do that is by simply getting them to write more. You become a better writer by writing more often. I write every single day. My students write for 20 minutes minimum every day. Every single day that they are in class and have language arts, they are writing because it was a skill they needed. I dropped some of my other centers from the Ignited Literacy Program just simply to focus just on writing because that was the most important skill, the biggest gap that we were experiencing. So we now just consistently write more. But I keep my expectations high. I still need them to write at grade level. I still require them to write where they need to be, even if they weren't there at the beginning. And I know I've got the entire year to get them there. I don't have to have them at a level B in September. 
I need to have them at a level B by June. I still have got two more months to go. It's April. By the time this is going live, it's probably going to be May. They've still got time. So I've got a long time. I don't have to get them to write a competent story in six weeks. I have the entire year to get them to build that story. And that's where I want their grade to be by June, not by October. So being really patient and realizing that some of this skill development does take time. Meet them where they are, give them the mark they earn at that moment, and bridge and scaffold them up, Have them help them climb that ladder so they can meet you where they need to be. Instead of just saying, oh, well, they can't do it, they're not so good at it, there's huge gaps, so I'm just going to lower my expectations. That is not what we want to do, and it's really not doing our students any service. We can give our students, if they're writing every day, we can give them constant feedback. We know best practice is giving our students a ton of timely feedback, whether it's written feedback or oral feedback, checking in with students, seeing where they are, talking with them, having those conversations about their writing is something that is going to move that needle that much further. Targeted discussions on what they're working on, what they need to work on next, how they're going to show improvement, using things like bump it up boards, exemplars are all great tools that you can help really pull away some of the layers that we often put in place as teachers that make the assessment a mystery or make what we expect difficult for students to understand, make it really simple so that they know exactly what a level three type work looks like and what that means. Now, the big piece here too is also reading, is if we have students that are reading below grade level, how much are we required to modify to meet where they happen to be? Well, the reality is, is I go back to my days working with ELL students and the difference between whether or not we would modify an ELL for reading or we would accommodate them for reading. And it was never based on their reading level. So for instance, if a student was able to read a piece of reading that was significantly below grade level, there was a sweet spot where you would actually be modifying because the text would be so simplistic that they weren't getting the appropriate vocabulary and sentence structures and figurative language and complexity that you would expect of a student, say, like at grade four. So if you're a grade four student, that grade four student could read a level 30 and still be able to demonstrate grade four level skills, knowledge, and understanding. Even though the text level was a 30, their answers or responses or comprehension could still demonstrate grade four quality work. So therefore, it would be an accommodation and at probably a level C if you were marking that student because they're still reading below grade level, but they are able to demonstrate comprehension appropriate for the grade. However, you also will have students that are reading significantly below grade level that are not on modified programs, and you may have those huge gaps. Those students are still required to read at grade level and still comprehend grade level texts, unfortunately. And now we will accommodate and differentiate for them and give them lower level texts, but they still are expected to be working at grade level. They're still expected to do grade level work, even though they're reading below grade level. And for those students that are significantly below grade level and they're reading, and this pandemic has created these huge gaps, these students may be candidates for actually putting them on a temporary IEP 
because they can't handle the grade level stuff yet. It's far too difficult for them. So we need to have official pieces of paper in place to allow us to modify for them. Otherwise, if we do not have that paper in place, regardless of what level that student is at, we do need them to still do grade level work. They need to be able to read the grade level work. They need to be able to do the grade level work because we don't have the ability to modify for them. We can't just modify for them because we know that they're working below grade level. We cannot modify for students unless we have permission to do so. Officially, we cannot simplify things. We can't do all of the reading for somebody in reading and change the expectation of what it is they're actually doing so significantly and then be able to give them a C or a B. We can't. We need those students to be on IEPs temporarily, if that's the case, until we can close those gaps. But otherwise, they need to be reading at grade level. So if you find yourself saying, for instance, you're teaching grade five and you're using, say, the Ignited Literacy grade five program, which is written for grade five students, and you're finding that that is too hard, you need to really question whether or not you're trying to simplify it too much. Are you actually modifying the program for your students where you actually need to have IEPs in place for those students who need such significant alterations for what you're expecting them to do? Students in grade five should be able to read grade five content at the grade five level with grade five level vocabulary and figurative language and be able to demonstrate their comprehension. If they cannot, then we need to look at whether or not we're actually modifying. What we don't need to be doing is saying, okay, well, I'm going to go take a grade three text, give it to my grade five student, have them do it. They do a good job on it and say, oh, that's a B at grade five. But it's not a B at grade five. It would be a B at grade three. And I always try to caution teachers when they ask whether or not they're teaching grade five, but their students are low. So should they actually use the grade three, four ignited literacy program? And I most often say, no, you shouldn't. Because if you're teaching grade five and your students are low, I wouldn't necessarily use the five, six program because that's more for six or high fives, but I would use the four, five. It's differentiated. So you could go as low as four or up as five and that's, you can still do grade level work, but it's not going to have the content of a grade five program. It's going to have the content the three, four program is going to have the content of the grade three program. And if you're using a grade three program with grade fives, you're modifying for them. We're not teaching them grade five. And unless you have the paperwork that allows you to modify for them at that level, then you are simplifying their tasks and simplifying their work far beyond where you should be. And it's hard to do that. And we're not really supposed to be doing that at all. We need to be Again, we're on that platform lowering the ladders. We need to support them to get up to where they need to be. We have a lot longer time to get there, but we cannot simplify all of the things just to make it easier because they're struggling. We need to help them through that struggle. We cannot snowplow through it. We have to allow them to experience the bumps in the road. We need to consolidate the learning. We need to bridge those gaps, reteach concepts we need to teach. We can teach them, but our expectations must still stay where that grade level is. And we cannot just lower the platform because we've had two years worth of gaps in learning. 
unless they come out and say, guess what? Universally, we're going to lower that platform to accommodate for students. And okay, cool. But at this point, the platform's not been lowered. So we need to keep that platform exactly where it needs to be and expect students to be up there and support them, get down that ladder, help them build it back up, get them there. But the goal is for them to get there and then mark them accordingly. If they're not up on the platform with you, they're not getting Bs. They're not getting As because they're not there yet. And that's okay in communicating that with parents. In math, these gaps are often manifesting themselves in ways where they're missing key parts and ideas. They've missed multiplication. <laughs> They've never seen long division before in their life. And you're often needing to reteach. And in this sense, there's going to be where you cannot move on to the next step in math before you've retaught it. But the goal, again, is to go down the ladder, teach them that concept because that's the rung they need to get to the platform of grade five. You need to teach them that concept, but then you need to teach the next concept and the next concept until they get to where they need to be. And this might mean that we have to consolidate some expectations. We have to kind of get them where they need to be. We have to give ourselves permission that sometimes there's going to be some strands we don't do a great job on. But are we going to focus on that number sense primarily? I think that's probably where we are going to focus on is spending most of our time on number sense so that we can build those gaps because it is really the foundation for all other math concepts. But we do need to look at how it is that we are going to put the rungs on that ladder so that we can get them where they need to be. But remember that we still have to teach that content that we're required to teach for the grade level we're in. And we also have to look at time and managing that. So try to figuring all that out, but really looking at not necessarily simplifying things so much that we're missing pieces of information. So if you would like more information on how to modify and accommodate, you can check out our website at www.madlylearning.com. We have lots of other resources on and videos on accommodations and modifications in subjects specific like math and science, social studies, and language. So you can go a little bit further, dig a little bit deeper on the accommodations and modifications side of what that's going to look like at each level or each subject area. So you can have a better idea of what that looks like. If you have any questions, you're always welcome to reach out to us through email at infomadlylearning.com or through our DMs, both on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Teaching with Madly Learning podcast replay. Join me on www.madlylearning.com for more information on all things teaching in the junior grades. Don't forget, you can always catch this show on the Madly Learning YouTube channel. See you next week for another replay episode of Teaching with Madly Learning. <laughs>